Good morning. No, good evening. God bless you all. Let us begin by going to the Bible. <laughs> I like you people. Uh, the book of Acts, chapter 1. So, we cannot do anything unless we can tap in to the powers of the Holy Spirit. Simply put, whatever you can do with your own willpower and flesh doesn't really count. So God is going to continually put us in a position where we are going to need the powers of the Holy Spirit. If you're walking with God and walking on water, which is the only safe place for a Christian, because when you're on the water is when God will assist you. If you're on the boat, then you're subject to the wind, rain, and storms, and the flimsiness of your boat in a wind, rain, and storm situation. But if you're on the water, then God can assist you. And so Jesus made a very powerful statement before he went to heaven. He said, I need to go so that I can send you the helper, the Holy Spirit. I need to go. I need to go up to heaven so that the Holy Spirit, the comforter, will come down and start assisting you in all the things I'm going to require of you and ask you to do that you will not be able to do. So genuine and authentic and true Christianity is humanly impossible. This is something religious people cannot comprehend. Because religious people do not live in a world where they need the help of the Holy Spirit. They live in a world where they do, out of their own willpower and strength, things they believe please God. But when you really learn about how God is, you start to figure out he's not going to ask you to do something you can already do. He's going to ask you to do something that's impossible for you to do, and then give you the grace and the outpouring of the Holy Spirit to do it, which will bring him glory and make you really happy. Because how happy will you get if there's something you can't do? And then God gives you the power to do it. I mean, there's really no greater source of hope than to be in a hopeless situation where God comes through for you. Isn't that exciting? Because then you realize, okay, there is absolutely no limits to what I could do if it's actually the Holy Spirit doing it through me. Because if I live a life that I cannot take credit for, then I am really glorifying God because I'm not in a dangerous position where I could take God's glory for what I'm doing. I could actually claim credit for what I've accomplished. So we don't want to ever do that. We don't ever want to claim credit for anything we do for God. We want to always be able to say, I could not have done this unless the Lord came next to me 
came with me, did it for me, or actually carried me through it. Praise the Lord. Because when you get to that place and you say, you know, I'm living a supernatural life. I'm actually doing things I never could have done unless God helped me. And that can be anything in your life that seems impossible for you to do. It can be as simple as changing your personality from a shy person to a free person. And you say, well, I'm not going to do anything for God because I'm too shy. That's like a very severe prison that a lot of people live in. They live in a prison of their own personalities. Or you have to love a person that you can't love. You just can't love them. They've hurt you too badly. And the best you can hope for is to never see them again or they die. <laughs> you know, because in yourself, you, you just don't have it. You, you just don't have it. There's no use to even try to pretend. I mean, it's just bitter memories and ugly negative feelings towards that person and, and just an unwillingness even to try in many cases. You're just not even willing to try. You won't even have the conversation with God about trying. And you realize, wow, you know, I need the help of the Holy Spirit. And it can be even deeper than that. It can go anywhere to addictions of different types and, you know, situations you can't get out of, uh, you know, uh, miracles that need to happen. I mean, you just need a miracle. There's no other way to say it. It's a big miracle. So I was in a church, and I spoke to a man there. I prophesied to him. I didn't know who he was, and I said a crazy thing, you know. Sometimes you just repeat what you hear before you have time to edit it. And so I said, oh, God's going to send you a lot of money here in about 30 days, over $300,000. And I said, no, no, over $400,000. You know, that's really stepping out there. So long story short, he calls me at the end of the month. He said, I just got a check from some relative or somebody, $425,000. And I'm going to send you the tithe. I'm tithing to the church, but I'm also going to tithe to you. I'm giving the church 10%, and I'm giving you 10%. I said, holla, holla, that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> it's these kinds of things where the Holy Spirit comes alongside of us, and he starts doing things, even in the DNA, even on our, in our DNA, actually starts to change our personality. This is my experience personally. I mean, Jesus actually changed my DNA, my personality. And, and it, it was, some of it was gradual, and some of it was instant and miraculous. But ask yourself this, where do you need God's help? And if your answer is nowhere, then you're not walking with God. You're simply in a comfort zone. A comfort zone is when you have figured out how to stay out of hell. But you know you're not going to do really anything to change anything you're doing until you die. You're not like being challenged anymore. You're not really pressing into anything new. You're not really extending yourself or growing or enlarging or, or get, go into new places of boldness, new places of courage, new places of, of, you know, personal intimidation because you're 
placing yourself out there and you're saying, Holy Spirit, I'm going to need you right now because I'm about to step into something and I really need your help. So there's no way to actually overcome and be an overcomer without the assistance and help of the Holy Spirit. You just can't do what God wants you to do. If you actually think you can, I will say to you in a humble, loving way, you are full of it. And you need the help of the Lord to deliver you from it because you don't know anything about walking with God. It's constant challenges when you're walking with the Lord because God only has you for a certain amount of time. And because he's your father and loves you and he wants to give you all that he can while you're on this side to make your experience grander and greater than anything you can experience and to bless you and to bless your children and to bless your grandchildren, your great-grandchildren and everybody related to you and everybody you would ever touch. So whatever seems impossible to you right now, that is probably what God is focusing on. That's the, the part of your life where he is saying, listen, I, I want to show you how to tap in to the powers of the Holy Spirit. Praise the Lord. And so in Acts 1.8, it says, after the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you shall receive power to be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the earth. So there is a, the Holy Spirit coming upon you. The Holy Spirit can come upon you. Just as he is in you, he can come out of you. Now, I claim it all. I claim the coming out of you. I claim the coming upon me. I claim the filling me. I, I mean, whatever there is, I must, I'm, I'm, just, I just, I'm claiming it all. The whole enchilada, whatever it is. I'm just saying, Jesus, fill me, come upon me, move me, and whatever it might be, I just want all of it. Because I'm in a lot of positions in my life where I have to stand there and just say, okay, I'm not going to do anything. I just need you to assist me. I need you to come and help me do this. And so, and everybody is, you all are, and you all have that. And what's sad to me is knowing that there are so many Christians that are satisfied with their Christianity. They have gone as far as they are going to go. And no amount of preaching, no amount of miracles, and no amount of threatening, and no amount of heaven or hell is going to change them from that because they've made a choice. And they've said, I'm, gonna, I'm living in a way where I know I'll make it to heaven, and this is what I'm going to do. And so not everybody is cut from that type of you know, cloth. Some people actually want everything they were born to have. Some people actually want to be everything that God created them to be. They just don't want to get to heaven they want to get heaven down here and get it in as many people as possible. And they want to do things that are eternal. They don't want to do temporal things. They don't want to live a life that is not filled with eternal things. 
They want to be able to go to heaven and take a lot of eternity with them. Take eternity with them. They, they, they want to say, listen, there's so many pieces of Jesus that I have acquired through my life because of the Holy Spirit training me and teaching me and coaching me and mentoring me and, and giving me revelation and light. He has shown me how to just acquire Jesus into my life, and it has produced all these different types of fruit. Think about how hard it is to change a person in your strength. I mean, this is the dilemma of most preachers. They're over there weeping because nobody will do what they say, yet everybody says they're going to do it. And so it becomes a difficult thing because that's the way people are. And so um, I'm going to give you some ways to tap in to the Holy Spirit. How many of you do believe there is power that is available that possibly you haven't tapped into yet? Okay, some, for all areas of your life, you know, whatever area of your life there may be. I was uh, doing a healing service. Um, I'm just going by what they told me. So, so we did the healing service, and then I had everybody who had gotten healed get in line. And they told me there was 427 people in line that had been healed. So I was just going one by one, just having them give me this fast testimony as they could, like really fast, you know, like, okay, I could see out of this eye, now I can see, okay, boom, you know, like that. Just, just. And then a lady came up with a little child, and she had her phone, and she showed me her phone and showed me the, the spine of the little girl that was curved. She said that was before the service. And then she showed me the baby, and it was straight. And it was her and her husband and like six or seven family members that are all weeping loud. And then everybody that knew about it, they all started weeping loud as they were gasping. Everybody was gasping. I was gasping. I was like, wow, 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 wow. You know, <laughs> because this is what I'm talking about. It's not something a human can do. It's something God does. But there's ways to tap in. And that's what I want to talk to you about tonight in your own life, tapping in. So everybody knows this first thing, but I kind of want to show it to you a little bit. But tapping into the Holy Spirit is a matter of communion with God. Communion with God is not just one-sided conversation. It's actually having a conversation where God is speaking to you and you're speaking back to God. Yesterday, I was on my little prayer drive in the mornings, and some, I think some mornings here, I mean, I'm sorry, like at 4.30, I'm out there, out there in the woods with the, with the pigs, and pig pigs, and I don't know why they don't let us just shoot them over the fences in people's yards, but you know what I'm saying. Robert said, no, because <laughs> there was like a bunch of pigs, and I said, Robert, why can't we just shoot those? That's in somebody's private property. I know, but don't they hate pigs like everybody else? And we just kill them right now. But anyway, so, so I'm, I'm, I'm talking to the Lord. I'm in the, in the communion. I'm in the, the unending conversation that goes on day and night. In the middle of the night, when you wake up, you're just always in conversation. 
And the Lord said uh, to me, I'm your dad. I want to give you everything you want. You already know that, right? I said, yes, Lord. I, it, it's, 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 it, it's filling me with delight that you're my father and it's your good pleasure to give me the kingdom. And then he said something to me and it just totally shocked me. He said, okay, so you've asked me for the orphanage. You've asked me for this, for you've asked me for Africa. You asked me for all these people. You asked me for all these churches. You prayed over all these people. You called all these people. You like that. And uh, then he said, so what would you like? I go, huh? <laughs> and it caught me off guard. But my gosh, I got filled with so much joy. I started shouting. I started freaking out. And, uh, but I never answered the question. But I mean, I, you know, started thinking about it. And I've answered it since then. But I'm just saying, <laughs> you know, there's, there's the feeling that, uh, it's such a loving thing to tell a person, uh, you know, this is God and, and we're doing God's business. And, and that's really all we're thinking about. And then I had to, I didn't, you know, mention the little tiny thing I wanted. So praise the Lord. But in this that I'm talking about, prayer is a, a mixture and a combination of things. So you're talking to God, you're having a conversation with him, and you keep that conversation going all the time, all day long. If you're going to go pray and get on your knees and then uh, pray as hard as you can and as loud as you can for as long as you can, you're not probably going to do that habitually as a lifestyle. One, it's really hard on your throat, and two, it's really hard work. So till it leaves work and becomes pleasure, it's hard to do it habitually. Prayer has to be pleasure in order for you to continue doing it. And so you have to find what it is that brings you pleasure when you pray, like really enjoy what you do are doing. I enjoy what I do. I drive and pray. That, I, that's what it works for me. And so, and other things. But uh, you can get your Bible Find those Bible verses that are really alive. Lay your hands on them alone somewhere and just put your hands on them and pray those Bible verses and then pray over the Bible verses and ask God to unlock them and he'll begin to unlock them and they will become real. Or you can write what God is telling you about those verses all privately. This is all tapping in. So you're tapping in. You're beginning to tap in because the word then becomes alive and it takes on the electricity of the miracle working power of the Holy Spirit. If you're not willing to do that, then you know you're just going to have what you have, and that's all you're going to have. Uh, or you can just start praying in the Holy Spirit. Praying in the Holy Spirit, to me, is the quickest way to tap in. Because God is praying for you, he's formulating the prayer, and he's praying a perfect prayer to himself. He's answering himself and giving you the reward of a perfect prayer. And so that's why it's important to be praying in the Holy Spirit. Again, if what you're going to do is get in there and start, I mean, if you're going to, you know, it's just not going to last for a long time. So I normally don't do that. I just sometimes under my breath, I'm praying, but I feel the presence of the Lord. I feel the connection with the Holy Spirit as I'm praying in the Holy Ghost. And it gets richer and thicker and more powerful. 
this is going to cause you to tap in because of the, what the effects are of praying in the Holy Spirit is it sharpens your spirit man to where you can hear God's voice clearly, you can feel God's presence easier, and you can sense things spiritually in people and around people, and it gives you a whole different kind of connection with the Holy Spirit. You become spirit-driven rather than body-driven or soul-driven, and that's a very powerful thing. So tapping in. You also tap in when you praise God. If you praise God from your heart, you're going to tap in to the presence of God. Praising God, singing to God, does something that very few things do. Falling on your face does something that very few things, kneeling before God does something that very few things do to tap you in to the power of the Holy Spirit. You may have a season of breaking through because you've never done it before. It may take you a season uh, of, of praying for an hour or two before the dam breaks. And now every time and all day and all the time, you feel and sense the presence of the Lord on you and with you. This makes it very difficult for you to walk in the flesh, and it makes it very difficult for you to listen to Satan talking to you because he doesn't like to enter the presence of God. He doesn't like to be in with someone praising God, worshiping God, thanking God. He waits till you're done with that, and then when you, that wears off, he then starts talking to you about something. And the only way you can shut up, shut his mouth is by praising again. So praising is very powerful. Praise you, almighty God. Glory to your name, Jesus. You are so amazing and so great. He's talking like that to God. I exalt you and magnify you above all other things in my life. I praise you for all the good things you have done. I give you honor and praise. You're praising God. It's coming from, and it's, it's out like that. It's, it's a praise time, and you're just praising God. And then singing to God, this taps you in when you sing to the Lord. You find the songs you love to sing that make you sense the presence of God on you, whatever they may be for you. It's not the same for everyone else. If you do these things, just I'm just beginning, if you do these things, you're going to tap in to the Holy. It's very difficult to, difficult to complain if you're spending your day praising, worshiping, and thanking God. Praise the Lord. It's very difficult. But if you don't do it, and you don't do it for days, and you don't do it for weeks, and you don't do it for months, and you don't do it for years, you are going to complain. And you're going to have a, hit, a book of complaints. Because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. That's a very powerful thing. Praise the Lord. Also, you'll find that while you're praising God, uh, or whether you're, you're singing to God or you're thanking God or whatever, it doesn't matter if you sing well. You don't have to sing good to sing. Remember that God has an adjusting angel, that when you sing badly, 
the angel catches that, adjusts it to perfect pitch, and then sends it up there to God <laughs> so that when everybody in heaven hears you, and there's Matilda, she's singing again. Oh, what a beautiful voice. But that, that went right through that adjusting angel. and You know. Because really, it's not the sound that God hears. It's, it's the love in the heart that God hears. That's the actual song. The song is not the song. The song is the attitude of the heart towards God. That's what makes it beautiful and anointed. And so you should practice singing. If you can, before you're going to sleep, it's very powerful as a husband and a wife to sit there together and sing a song to God. It's very, very powerful what happens. It's powerful if you pray in the Holy Ghost together before you go to sleep. It's very powerful if you pray for people that you are worried about or concerned about in the Holy Spirit. Now, if you're um, not comfortable with the things I'm telling you, understand what I'm saying and don't get mad at me or offended. You're not probably a naturally spiritual person. You're someone that compartmentalizes God to Sunday morning or things like that. He's not your every moment, every day God. He's just someone you believe in and trust and, 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 and honor and respect. But what I'm talking about, doing what I'm talking about, these are the ways of tapping in to the Holy Spirit. And you may feel hypocritical uh, as a husband and a wife doing it together because you've been mean to each other or who knows. But I'm telling you, you should do it anyway because it'll get you to repent faster than anything I know. So, well, we can't sing right now. I'm still mad at you. But I ain't going to bed mad. So let's work it out and then sing. This is how it works. Now, if you can do bad things and then still sing, you're really in trouble. You're really, really in trouble because you have no conscience. So you have to be, you have to understand what I'm trying to tell you is that you can live your whole life as a good person and go to heaven and never do what you were created to do. This is what is so sad for me that I don't want to be that person that dies with half of my potential still inside me. I don't want to die having wasted my life pursuing things that are not even going to matter in heaven. That's why whatever you do for a living, use it to bless the kingdom of God. Because believe me, it is a big deal to be a paymaster or a person that facilitates miracles by the resources that God has blessed you to be able to produce. Because people like me depend on people like you to do the things I'm dreaming of. Praise God. I'm going to do them and get them done. But everybody connected, every joint supplies to each person. Praise the Lord. So, so that is very powerful. You tap into the Holy Spirit with word language. Word language. Word language is when you are saying the word of God. 
You are literally saying the word of God over a situation. You are declaring, you are prophesying over a situation. You are saying about one of your children, my child is going to love Jesus. My child is going to serve God. The anointing of the Holy Ghost is going to be on my child. Satan's hands will be lifted off my child. They will be broken in the name of Jesus and by the power of the Holy Ghost. They will love God, be, be connected to God, serve God. They will marry the right person, and they will not marry the wrong person. And, and this is word language. It's very powerful. You use it about yourself. You use it about everybody you care about. And you do it in a manner that is very intimate, but very powerful. This taps you in to the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit is looking for something inside you to partner with. And the thing he looks for is not your intellectual wisdom. He looks for himself in you in the form of his word. And when your word, his word is in you, the Holy Spirit comes and he says, okay, I can partner with Isaiah 54, 17 in him. And so the Holy Spirit comes and partners with that and makes no weapon that is formed against you shall prosper. Every tongue that rises up against you shall be condemned and turned into ashes. Praise the Lord. These are things that really matter if you're going to have the kind of relationship with God where the Holy Spirit is going to help you and assist you. Then you talk to God honestly about the situation you're in. And I've done this a lot of times. Lord, I have a lot of bad feelings right now towards this person. I have a lot of anger towards this person. I am offended at what this person has done. And I need to have a conversation with you about it because I am not fit to talk to them yet. I am not clean on the inside. I am upset. And unless I get cleaned up on the inside and get these ugly feelings out of me, I'm going to say something I should not say. And if I'm not careful, I'm going to do something that I should not do. It's called the fear of the Lord. And so you have cleansing conversations. This is how you tap in to the Holy Spirit. Or you say, Lord, I'm afraid of doing this. This scares me to talk to a total stranger about Jesus, but I know you're telling me to do it right now, but I'm really scared. And honestly, I feel like a coward right now, and I don't really know what to do. I think I'm just going to forget it. And you walk away. Or you say, Holy Spirit, help me overcome this fear and intimidation of doing what you have called me to do, which is to share my faith with people and, 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 and share Jesus with people and get people saved. I mean, some of you can do it easily. It's like eating cookies. <laughs> but for, for others of you, you've never done it. You're never going to do it. Unless God helps you, everybody around you is going to go to hell, even though you have Jesus. I mean, if, if there's 40 people in a boat and the ship is sinking and you're on a raft and there's 30 people, everybody's going to die and you're so cowardly that you won't even tell them about Jesus before you die, before they die. Say, hey guys, we're all going to die. We're sinking and, and there's nobody to rescue us. Do you guys know Jesus or do you want to go to heaven when you die? I mean, you, some people who, who know Jesus would not even say it. They would just quietly stay in their little corner and drown. Because they don't have the Holy Spirit assisting them. 
They are bound by their personalities and flesh. And all you have to do is say, God, I don't have courage and boldness in this area. Actually, I'm a coward in this area. I need your help, Holy Spirit. Give me the courage and bravery to do this. Others of you, you've done it since you got saved. That first day you got saved, you went and told all your friends, took them to church. I was preaching in a church and a lady got saved full of tattoos. And I knew she had the gift of evangelism. When she got saved, I said, you're going to win a lot of people to Jesus and all that. She didn't even know what I was saying. And she was cussing every other word, you know. She said, what the blank does that mean? It sounds good, but what, what do I do? Like that. That night she brought a bunch of girls with her, like 15 of them, all tattooed. And they all got saved. I mean, like from the morning to the evening service, the gift was already working. I said, who are these people? Oh, we're all pole dancers over at, you know, over whatever. <laughs> you should have seen that religious church. <laughs> Some of the men were hiding because they visited, but I'm just saying, I'm just saying, you know, hey. <laughs> hey, Paul. Hey, Henry. How you doing? Hey, there's a lot of folks in here we know. Hey. Did I give you a lap dance over there? My God, come on up here. <laughs> Perhaps I shouldn't have said that. <laughs> That's twice now. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> oh Lord, I hope Kim's not watching. <laughs> <laughs> So, you know, you just have to be honest if you want to tap into the Holy Spirit. You can't be religious. You have to be honest. Say, Lord, I don't have what it takes to do what you're asking me to do. And so I need your help. Because, you know, I don't have the kind of patience you're asking me to have. I just don't have that kind of patience. I need your help. You know, I don't have that kind of love. I just don't love that person. I mean, I'm not, I only do not love them. I dislike them and quite possibly hate them. You know, that's a powerful thing. And it's important for you to talk to God with that kind of honesty. God is not offended at you saying the truth. He's offended at you lying to him. All he wants to do is help us where we cannot help ourselves. Praise the Lord. So that's a powerful thing. But what you don't want to do is be satisfied. You don't want to be satisfied. You don't want to say, this is it. This is who I am. I'm going to die like this. Don't do that. Don't die like that. There's eternal things that have been assigned to you that you're supposed to accomplish in your lifetime while here on earth. They are eternal things. They will go with you when you die. God assigned those to you. Don't let something negative in your life steal those things from you. Praise God. To tap into the Holy Spirit, you have to faith act. A faith action. It means you do something that requires faith for you to do it. And it creates an instantaneous miracle on the inside of you. I have seen people do this my entire Christian life. And I have had to live this way my entire Christian life. Always God has required me to step out into the water before he sends 
the miracle. So I say, okay, I want to build 100 widows' houses. That's $750,000. Boom. Okay, I want to build a hospital. Boom. I want to do this. I want to, do, I want to build an orphanage. Boom. When I first found the land for Casa Angelina, I had been searching for six months. I went to Guatemala every month for one week uh, and just looked at properties. And about six months of doing that, I found the first piece of property. It was like a hundred and something, $125,000. And I didn't have, I didn't have $5,000 for, for that. But by the next day, the next day I had all $125,000. And I knew that God was going to be with me. Praise the Lord. And it gets scary a lot of times. It gets scary because you're talking about millions of dollars now. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it's, yeah, my, my prayers are very simple. Don't let Robert die. Don't let anybody connected to Robert die. Don't let any, anybody, don't let, let him live to way beyond what I'm going to live. And my children are going to live and my grandchildren. Keep them alive supernaturally. Praise God. You know what I'm saying? Those are my prayers. But if you don't take a step of faith, Nothing is going to get better, and nothing is going to change. Sometimes you don't feel anything, and you just do it because you know it's the right thing to do, and it activates the emotions that go with the faith action. Like I've had bad feelings sometimes towards somebody and have just gone over there by faith and given them a hug, and while I'm hugging them, all the negative feelings melt away, especially when I find out why they're as messed up as they are. Then I feel like a fool. Praise the Lord. And through the years, I've had a lot of what you call personality conflicts with people that you meet for the first time. They're just those type of people that rub you the wrong way right away. And one day I said, okay, Lord, there's another one. Um, you know, they, they, they'll, I'm sitting at the table selling books, and they just walk up to me, grab my head, and start praying for me. That bothers me. <laughs> and what I'm feeling inside is not Christian. You know what I'm saying? Honestly, I, I can't even tell you the violent thoughts that I have. But instead, I just get up, and I hug them, I prophesy to them. I start ministering to them. They start crying in some cases, weeping. Then God shows me things, and then I still have to forgive them. Because, you know, some things take a little bit longer because they affect you a little bit deeper. Praise the Lord. I just don't like people jumping on my body who I don't know. That doesn't sound right. Let's just go on. It's just not even going to try to explain. Tapping into the Holy Spirit. Here's the other thing. Tapping into the Holy Spirit is a matter of love actions. Love is the literal key that unlocks all the supernatural powers of God. When Jesus saw the sick, it said he had compassion, and he stretched out his hand and healed everybody. Tapping into the love of God is a powerful way of tapping into the power 
of God. If you don't feel a person's pain, you won't try to stop it. Yesterday, for example, last night, uh, my wife called me and she said, Oh, Zaya, my little grandson, Zaya's got a fever. He's really bad, you know, he's got a fever and all. Right away, I wanted to like dive through the phone, just dive through the phone and go over there and lay hands on him and start praying for him and all that because I felt a lot of pain right away because it's my grandson and I'm emotionally connected. You know, and I love him so much. And, and, and so I'm just, that's how it is. And I realized at that point, if I felt that way towards every person I ever pray for, then there's going to be a lot of miracles. There's going to be a lot of signs and wonders because it's love walking. And love walking unlocks and taps you in to the power of the Holy Spirit. Remember that and ask God, say, Lord, I, I need to step into the spirit of love right now because I just don't have it right now. Right now I feel very selfish and inconvenienced. And I just want people to leave me alone. And if you just are having that conversation, then the Holy Spirit is able to help you. Praise the Lord. Yeah, I'm preaching right now, my dear. I'll call you back. God bless. Okay. So if you tap into those love actions, then they're able to, it, it's able to put you in a position where the dwelling place of God is love. God is love. So anytime you tap into love or are in love, God is dwelling over you and in you. And this is the power of the Holy Spirit. And it's a very powerful force. Also, being able to have knowledge of what God is going to do by having the prophetic voice of God speak to you ahead of time and tell you today, sometime during your day, you're going to meet a person like this. I have set them up for you to minister to. Look for them. And so you go through your day and all of a sudden there they are. And you have the boldness, you have the courage, because God already told you ahead of time. He's assisting you. He's helping you. He already told you ahead of time. I'll never forget one day. I, I was going to go, it was after church, and we were going to go eat. And the Holy Spirit said, you're going to have a terrible waiter today. It'll probably be the worst, worst waiter you've ever had. But they are going through a family crisis. And I need you to minister to them. And I heard it just like that. And we went, it was a Mexican restaurant. We went in there and the waiter comes up. And I mean, he was terrible, like the worst ever. And then the Holy Spirit told me, from now on, whenever you have a bad waiter, I want you to double tip. So I gave that waiter $50 tip, $50 tip. And he said, what is this? He said, I was a terrible waiter today. I said, I know, but God told me you would be terrible. Huh? Yeah. And he told me to double tip you because you're going through a family crisis. Am I right? He goes, my wife left yesterday. She just took off. I don't know where she's at. I'm losing my mind. I said, well, Jesus sent me to pray for you. He said, I'm not a religious person. I said, Jesus sent me to pray for you. <laughs> okay, okay. What do I do? What do we do? What, what do you want me to do? He said, give me your hand, and I'm going to pray for you. 
And then I just prayed for him. I led him to Jesus. I said the whole sinner's prayer. I said the whole thing. Led him to Jesus. He said, now what happens? I said, hopefully your wife comes back. If she doesn't, I don't know what to tell you. I'm leaving. <laughs> I mean, that was, that was uh, this, the, you, know, that, the, you know, that's how it went. But, but it's, it's this, this, the knowledge of God uh, uh, beforehand will empower you to do that thing. That's why prayer is necessary, because God will tell you. Somebody, you're going to meet somebody today, and this is how you'll know that I've set it up. This is what will happen. And that will happen in your life probably hundreds of times. If you're the kind of person that's having a conversation with God. If you're not, that it won't happen. Because you're not paying attention, you're not listening, and you're just living your own selfish life. As clean as you can because you want to go to heaven. All I can say is don't die a coward. Don't die a coward. Care about people enough to make, put yourself in uncomfortable situations that will benefit someone else. Praise the Lord. So that is important. Now, then there is the spirit of holiness. One of the ways that you tap into the Holy Spirit is by keeping yourself holy. The way you do that is by repenting regularly of whatever it is you need to repent for. Nobody's asking you to be perfect, and nobody's asking you not to sin ever again. But what God is asking you is repent for your sins and let him change your heart. God is not looking for perfect people. He's looking for a perfect heart who will never partner with sin or death. It'll happen because you have a, a, a damnic nature and you are naturally sinful. And so, but when it happens, ask the Holy Spirit to empower you to crucify that part of your life that you know does not please God. And it may take a month, two months, a year, five years, but eventually everything that is not under the submitting power of the crucifixion of Jesus and the power of Calvary will begin to leave and exit your life. Because I don't want to stand in God's way because I'm distracted with sin of some sort. I just want to repent for it. Like it took me a while to get free. Now I am free, and I'm not boasting. I'm just telling you, now I am free and been free for years. But it was, took me a long time to not get mad at other drivers on the highway. It took me a long time. And, and you know, I'd have entire, like, scenarios of violent actions and things, you know, when they almost kill you and you got children and the thing and all that. And I said, man, and I'd lose my peace. And one day the Lord just said, how many strangers are you going to allow to just take their, your peace with them? I said, Lord, that's it. Never again. And so then I, I failed a few more times. But as I prayed it through, now it's happened hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of times. And I don't respond at all. I don't react at all. If they're throwing the finger at me, I'll just, you know, kindly just say, Lord, bless them. I was at the finger thrower myself. So God, praise God. La, la, la. 
Because some of you, when you get mad, fingers start flying off your body. And it's the way you are, you know what I'm saying? It's just what makes you feel good inside and complete. You don't feel right if you don't tell somebody off, you know. The Holy Spirit takes time to clean that, perfect that. You know, God has to have a perfect church with an imperfect group of people. Now, that's very difficult to achieve. Praise God. Okay, so then you have to have and ask God to give you the mind of a hero and a warrior. Because heroes and warriors do not act the same as cowards and scared people. A hero is a person that is afraid but runs at that fear. So you have to develop the mind of a hero, a person that says, if it costs me my life to obey God, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. Um, I think the first or second house at Casa Helena, we built it from the jewelry, from rings, wedding rings that people had given. I mean, some of those rings were very, very precious. I mean, people would come up to me weeping, couples, and put those ring diamonds on them and all kinds of stuff, and put it in my hand weeping, and say, we want to help you build that first house. And I, I, I would just say, you know, because you never get what they're worth. So it had to be a lot. And some of them, you know, we got $5,000 for some of them. But when you have a lot... You know, it adds up after a while. And I don't know why, it just was a season where that's what people were giving and that's what, you know, that's how it worked. I always felt bad about it, but, you know, hey, praise the Lord. That's between you and Jesus. <laughs> you know, I didn't even tell him God's going to give you something better, which was my temptation, but I said, nah, maybe, maybe he won't give you something better. <laughs> maybe he's not interested in you having something better. Maybe you're not going to have a ring ever again. And... That'll make you feel like you did it for something precious and holy, like rescuing orphans from the sex trade. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, no ring. That's the way it's going to be. Praise the Lord. So, but you ask God to give you that mind. You pray for it. Give me the mind of a warrior. Warriors fight enemies and defeat enemies and take the heads off of enemies. They don't just settle. They fight. They go in there and fight. There are people that are fighters in the spirit. When you're with one, they don't settle for some negative result. They don't settle for failure. They say, no, 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 no. We're not going to settle for this. We're taking this back. We're, we're not going to accept this. This is not the way it's going to be. And they start warring and fighting. And they're the people you want on your side when you're going through something hard in your life. Because a lot of Christians just sit there and just take whatever comes. Just take whatever comes. They're not a warrior. They don't fight. Do you know, ladies and gentlemen, that we are in a season of war? We are fighting for our very freedoms like never before. And if we just sit back and do nothing, we will deserve the chains that will be put upon us. Okay, so the last thing on this, and I could go for a long time because I didn't even get into most of the things, but but enough, is, is you, are, you are given by God certain superpowers. 
And you need to ask God to give you your superpowers, whatever those superpowers are. And they're different for everybody. A superpower is something God gives you that unlocks people or situations. And it gives you access to them in a way that nothing else could. It could be, for example, the word of knowledge. You could be at the grocery store and all of a sudden just know something about someone and test it. Say, do you by any chance have heart palpitations? I feel that the Holy Spirit is telling me that. They say, yes, it's really bothering me a lot. Well, the Lord just told me you did. And so if he reveals it, he heals it. Boom. Or it can be a variety of other things, whatever it may be. But you need to ask God. Some people have, for example, I know of some people that write letters to people to encourage them, and the people, when they read them, actually get physically healed because that person has a gift of writing with prophetic anointing, and the gift of healing is in their letter writing. And when people read those letters, they report, I mean, I was sick, I had this, I had that, and it's totally gone. I mean, I instantly got healed when I read that prophetic letter. Ask God for your superpowers that don't feel like you're nobody and God doesn't have anything for you. And if he does, it's got to be some secondhand thing. Number one, God doesn't have secondhand things. They're all the best. For this church to truly be everything it has to be, it requires uh, you being helped by the Holy Spirit. He needs to help you make money. He needs to make sure that your businesses are the most prosperous, most thriving businesses. Uh, if you have a ministry, he has to help you become the most effective and relevant person you can be that knows how to speak to a person to where they hear it and it alters their future. That's a gift. And if you're a minister or if you're a teacher or if you're a writer or if you're those things, those are the things you need to ask God for. Right? And if you have businesses, you need to ask God, God, I, I just need you to give me more business than I know what to do with. Because he knows if you're greedy and he's not going to promote greed. But he knows when you want it in order to teach it to someone else and multiply that wealth into the kingdom of God. I'm not bragging, but I'm just telling you, God does know that Pastor Robert, for example, if gets money into his hands, it's going into the kingdom. He knows that. So he's going to give him millions of dollars. And that should be the way God trusts you as well. Because if he knows you're going to do what he tells you, why would he not make you one of his brokers? You know? I mean, if you go get, you know, oh, don't say that, don't say that, don't say that. Okay, praise God, praise God, I caught myself. Whew. Amen. <laughs> praise God. Hallelujah. Whew. Whew. Not going to say that. Amen. Okay. You'll never know. Praise the Lord. So... Let us, here on a Wednesday night, let us ask God to help us. How many of you have areas of your life where you say, I really need help? Sometimes the help is just 
enduring something. You know, a situation that you're so unpleasant, you just want it to go away as fast as possible. But ask God for help. What is it in your life that is not up to par with the effectiveness of the Holy Spirit? What is in your life that you can't, God cannot use it because it's dysfunctional? And you have things in you that he's given you, but you can't get them out because of this particular thing in your life. It cripples you from producing the divine things God has placed inside you. Praise the Lord. Play anything over there music-wise. It's very quiet. And so in asking God, we're just activating God. We're just saying, God, help us. So let's, let's just lift our hands like this in a manner. Uh, this is a, a receiving uh, posture, the posture of receiving. We're saying, God, put it into my hands. Put it into my hands. And like at the beginning of the year, I said, Lord, um, or at some time in the last few months, I said, Lord, I need the gift of productivity in this particular area, which was writing, writing books. So I've written seven books so far this year and completed book number eight today. Now, I'm only saying that to tell you that it's the productivity of the Holy Spirit. It's a gift to be able to do something. And God will give it to you. He'll just give it to you. Pastor Robert, one day, years ago, asked God to make him a paymaster. And man, as sure as there is, boom, he just became one that day. So what do you need help with? Tell the Lord right now. Whisper it to him. What do you need God to help you with? What aspect of your life needs the assistance of the helper, the comforter, the Holy Spirit? What part of you is a little bit cowardly that you would not share Jesus with some lost person that God has brought and put in front of you on the road that you are walking? What act of bravery, what courageous act, like asking someone if you could pray for them to get healed or if you could ask somebody if they know Jesus as their savior or if they, they think they'll go to heaven when they die. What courageous act would you like to be able to do easily and freely on a daily basis that you just don't have whatever it takes to do it? Ask God for that. Is there a resource, for example? Is there is there, do you need money? Do you need contracts? Do you need jobs? Do you need, what do you need to be able to say, God's telling me to bless this person and buy them a truck or buy them a house or pay off their house or this widow, God is asking me to buy them a house, buy her a house and take care of her till she dies. And you wanna have all the resources you, you have or what orphans do you wanna take care of? or what? things do you want to build in the kingdom of God? Or, well, what is it that you want from God? And just say, Lord, I ask you 
because you are my father. Let's all say it together. Lord, I ask you because you are my father and it is your good pleasure to give me the kingdom. I'm asking you to give me things so that I can serve you more effectively. Change my life, dear God in heaven, by the power of the Holy Spirit. Any person that is sick in your body, would you stand to your feet so that we can pray for you? If you're near this person or these people, would you extend your hand of healing over to them? And we pray for you for whatever it is that is attacking your body. And we curse that today in the name of Jesus. We commanded to dry up to the very root and to disappear in the name of Jesus by the power of the Holy Ghost. What is your name, ma'am? Yeah. The Lord says your faith that is strong will not fail you or disappoint you. For as you have loved me, poured out your heart before me many times, lifted up your voice many times, cried out many times, as you have turned towards me and not away from me, I will not leave you. I will not forsake you. I will not abandon you. I will give you what you need to live out your life in the peace and health of the Holy Spirit. Wait for me, O daughter, at the threshold of my throne. Wait and thank me day and night. Praise me morning, noon, and night. Sing unto me a new song. Come to my dwelling place. For one day in my courts is better than a thousand elsewhere. Let me hear the sound of your faith as you sing unto me the songs of victory. Let me hear you believe me for miracles, signs, and wonders. Let me make you a deliverer of the oppressed, a chain breaker, and let me give you a tender and soft and pliable heart that many can love, that many can come into that heart and find a motherly home. That's a good word. As you walk with God, He will make your life more effective. And that's what you want. You want the effectiveness of the Holy Spirit. Each one of you that is standing up for healing, believe God, believe God, and let Him change your body and your DNA right now. Praise the Lord. You guys stand up, you couple right there, you got the glasses there, Dwayne's sister, <laughs> sorry. Praise the Lord. Let's extend our hands out there uh, to minister. What's your name, brother? Yeah. James, Patty and James. So let's extend our hands over there. So we come and gather around you, James and Patty. We gather around you like a family gathers around. 
and we say we are protecting you we are giving you and adding to you we are imparting to you all the things you'll need for the years to come to do what God has called you to do together we're adding to you spiritual awakenings of the Holy Spirit revivals of God in your heart faith miracles joy peace we're adding to you right now we're laying hands on you as we're around you and we're stopping all the things the enemy might throw at you in the years to come we're binding all of that and unlocking the windows of heaven and allowing God to pour out his blessings on you in a way that the blessings cannot be stolen the liar cannot steal them the past cannot steal them the present cannot steal them and they will be there in the future Matthew 18 16 God will build your lives and the gates of hell shall not prevail against you we stand with you in faith we stand with you in hope and we declare that God is good and he's gonna be good to you he is gonna be merciful to you for you have seen enough of the pain of life now it's time for you to see the pleasures of heaven where you wake up and are so happy that you actually don't know what to do with yourself that you are saying God I'm so blessed that I don't know what to do I don't know how to handle it this is not my normal state of mind because you're going through a transformation both of you you're leaving the natural world and entering a spiritual life not something you've ever experienced before this is something brand new something that the Lord is going to do this brand new it's very divine for both of you God is for you who can be against you God is your strength and very present help in time of trouble God will drive out your enemies that would try to come against you in seven different directions and he will build a hedge around you so that as the years pass and you grow closer to God you'll become more and more effective for God. The Lord is your shepherd. You shall not. Goodness and mercy shall follow you all the days of your life. Praise the Lord. That is a really good word. Everybody say, I received that for myself. Praise God. So let's lift our hands now and thank the Lord and say, God, you are good. I want to extend my hands to Joseph over there in the corner. And I want you all to extend your hands over to Joseph and Christy and Titus, and we are going to bless them. We declare over Joseph that he will be one of the great pillars in the house of God that his family 
will bring him great joy early in the morning and late at night and that he will prosper all the days of his life like Joseph. Joseph in the Bible could not be stopped. And the Lord says to you, Joseph, you cannot be stopped for it is not you that is doing what is being done. It is the Lord. The Lord is with you. He will be with you. He will be with your wife. He will be with Titus. He will be in every aspect of your life. And you will not be touched by fear in the middle of the night. Fear will not be in your home or on your family. And there will be heard in your home the shouts of joy because of the miracles of God that you will not die without seeing all the miracles that you are believing God for. You will see them, everyone, not one of them shall fail because God will fulfill all his good promises to you in Christ. Praise the Lord. Everybody say that was for me. Glory to Jesus. Hallelujah. So I'm going to let Pastor come up, Pastor Robert, and uh, I'm staying over at that little cabin that the Hillises have over there. I really like that little cabin. I'm, I'm producing a lot over there. And I wiped out all the cookies. <laughs> like there was a whole load of them. Was it six or five? Yeah, they're gone. And I told myself I'll only eat one a day. But that went out on the second day. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Here's Pastor Robert. Thank you, guys. God bless. Well, glory. Ushers, help me tonight. Let's take up our offering. If you're out there and you're wanting to uh, give into uh, what's going on at Casa Angelina, give into the, the What Matters ministry, you know, you can always just go online and you can directly give to what matters minister you can send it here to the water hole and we pass it on and get it down there so we want to bless you thank you brother ivan for taking time and being here thank you for being a man of god that hears god and you came by here that we weren't left as just a little church out in the middle of nowhere just trying to fight it out you got us here and god used you to make divine appointments hook us together man i love it amen i'm glad to know that every one of y'all are blessed and that we're all together just going to, you're going to be so shocked when we get to heaven of the reward that God has connected us all together and done. It's just going to be amazing. And y'all are the greatest church in the world, greatest people in the world, man. I mean, it, it, it is just, I'm so glad I'm here. I wouldn't want to pastor any other church. You know, I ain't wearing no suit. Amen. So anyway. So put your hand on your offerings. Let's bless them. I want to bless your finances. Father, right now, just thank you for the ability to give, the ability to bless, and that this church should be a, a church that's a paymaster for the kingdom, Lord. I thank you, Lord, for that we just can continue to sow, continue to grow. And I declare that businesses are blessed tonight. I declare, Lord God, that the same anointing you gave me, you put on, on the people. I declare, Lord, that all those out there watching, Lord, out in the, in, the, in the world, everywhere that they are, that you bless their businesses, bless their hands, and everything that we do shall prosper, Lord. And we thank you for it in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. Praise God.
Well, while they're taking the offering, stand up, look around at somebody and say, man, I'm glad you showed up tonight. So praise God. Let me uh, bless you tonight as you go. Hey, ushers, you're missing it. Here's my... See, pastors are good about that. We don't miss nothing. Comes taking up the offering. And so anyway, uh, I want to bless you tonight. Go out. Now, you're going to have to practice this. This message you got tonight, you have to apply it. It's 10 points, 10 simple points. Most of y'all do this. Most of y'all have some of these points going in your life. Others of you, maybe you need to, you know, you had three of them or four of them or whatever. You need, man, you need to get this down because this is what is going to catapult you in life. Amen? So grab that person's hand beside you. Lord, I just declare that as we go from this building tonight, I declare the people are blessed. I declare, Lord God, your hand is upon them. That even this week, what we've learned this tonight and on Sunday, that, that Lord, we're going to be able to put it into practice and we're going to see souls won for you. Lord, I give you thanks for it. Bless them now, Lord, in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. God bless you, church. Don't forget about the book table over here if you need to pick up any of his, his uh, products.